and then and after they left and went somewhere else and built another church, uh, Brother Jackson came here, and Ruth Helen's here. Brother Jackson, one of the pastors, his daughter. Ruth Helen, stand and say something for the Lord this morning. You can say something. And Jimmy C. Jimmy C. Turnbow, his his father was a great part of the church and and uh, Sunday school taught Sunday school for years. Jimmy C. Stand and testify this morning. Brother, brother, Jimmy's dad, when I was a teenager and just got to church, he was one of my Sunday school teachers, and he told us something one time I'll never forget. It's always stuck with me. I'll never forget it. He was talking to the Sunday school class, and he said, boys, he said, sometime, he said, now we can give you, uh, talk to you about good things and sweet things, and preachers can t- preach the sweetness, but he said, sometimes you just have to have the just the meat of the word. He said, because it's kind of like if you're plowing out here in the field, if your mama just feeds you cakes and pies and sweets all the time, you go out there and get in that hot sunshine, you're going to wear out. But you get them beans and taters and all that in you, uh, you'll hold up. So I'll never forget that. Then we have someone else here, Brother Titus Austin. His dad came and pastored. He was a pastor when I got in the church. Brother Titus, could you say something this morning? These people, these people have gone on, but there's still some, if they could see today and see what the church has become and, and uh, know that their sons and their daughters was going on for the Lord, wouldn't it be worth it? Well, it's good to be here. It's good to have our pastor. I want him to, you got a mic there. I want him to say something and introduce our speaker today and uh, also remind you that after the service today, there will be a meal in the fellowship hall. I don't want you to miss that. But, Brother Droke, so good to have you back. We've missed him, haven't we? Thank you, Brother Gary. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. It's good to see each one of you. Pardon me if I don't stand, okay? Um, 
I think I do. Matter of fact, my, I started to say I think I'll do a better job sitting down. But my wife told me don't say any, anything this morning uh, because uh, I have taken my meds and uh, just never know what's going to come out. But <laughs> it is so good to be in the house of the Lord today, and I'm so glad that Brother Gary had these people to, to testify remind us of uh, our heritage, where we've come from. I don't think we ever need to let that go. I don't think we ever need to just forget about what God has done, the price that other people have paid for us to be enjoying what we're enjoying today. Uh, uh, I think that we, every once in a while, and, and this is a good opportunity to do it, uh, we need to hear the voices of those who have gone before us, the voices of the dead that have I paid the price for us to uh, enjoy this building that we're in today, to, to have uh, this kind of service that we're having this morning. And uh, I appreciate all of those that have gone before. I, I, w I can't call all the names. Uh, Sister Holland, of course, is, is uh, uh, so special to all of us. She was the founding pastor of this church, and uh, Brother Austin and uh, Brother uh, Jackson, others that have come through the years and uh, have made their mark on uh, Holdenwall, Tennessee, and we are a very blessed church today. We are very blessed. And uh, so I'm thankful to be a part of the Sanctuary First United Pentecostal Church in, in 2017. Amen. And uh, it, it's good today to have uh, Brother Piercy with us. Uh, I, I really felt very strongly to have him to come and preach for us uh, I am very impressed with this young man and uh, his dedication to the Lord and, and uh, his knowledge of the scriptures and how he handles the scriptures. And uh, so I, I'm very happy this morning. Very, uh, I, I have no qualms whatsoever to turn this pulpit over this morning to Brother Justin Piercy. I want him to come and uh, just uh, preach to us what God has for us today. And let's open our hearts. Amen. Uh, it's not just up to the preacher, but uh, we have to receive the word of the Lord. So let's open our hearts right now to receive what God has for us today. Brother Piercy, God bless you. Oh, let's give it to the Lord right now. Could you clap your hands with me? Thank you, Jesus. We exalt you, King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, we give you glory and praise, Jesus. You're worthy of the highest praise. We give honor to you, O oh Lord, for keeping this church for so long here, O oh God, in the midst of Hohenwald, Tennessee, Lord. The people of the name are still alive and well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I count it double honor to be here today in the sanctuary, Hornwall, Tennessee, with your uh, fine pastor and his sweet wife, brother and sister Groke, been so kind. Brother Groke, very gracious with his opening comments. Uh, I, I owe everything that I have become to men like your pastor who have imparted to me the truth. And, and showed me what it was like to live for God and the beauty of holiness, pursue his will for their lives all the days of their lives. And I know that you feel the same as I see you giving honor to these fine 
folks that have been here, some from the very start, some from when you first made your start here, uh, Heritage Sunday, this anniversary weekend is such a treasure that you will remember for years to come. Amen. I give honor to Brother and Sister Grimsley today. Lord bless you. So good to see you here, brother. Amen. <clears throat> One such brother that is imparted to me, and uh, he and uh, his wife, Sister Grimsley, really been kind. Brother and Sister Austin Floyd, Lord bless you, brother. Appreciate what you've done for me. Amen. 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 One of my very first Sunday school teachers, Brother Austin Floyd. And uh, thank God for his blessings today. Praise God. I am honored to be here and I'm humbled to be here. Uh, the, the scripture in Hebrews says that you're compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. And I feel like there are a lot of people that are uh, looking at me uh, in the physical, but also in the spiritual today. And uh, I desire to be impressed by the anointing of God today. Amen. I don't want to let anything down. I, want, I don't want to let anybody down today. I want to deliver to you the word of the Lord. And I promise you, if that's what you're expecting of me, that's exactly what I'm fixing to do. Praise God. The word of the Lord is what's important here today. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 22. I give honor to my wife and my fine family that have traveled with me here today. I love them very much. Kids have enjoyed Sunday school so much. I appreciate Leela and Jordan and Joslyn and Jace and Jayla. Praise God. We like Jays. Praise God. Right up there with Jesus. There's that letter J. Amen. Praise God. We love the Jays, and uh, I love all of my Jays that are here with me today. Amen. God bless my family. Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, and let's begin reading, let's read one verse of scripture, then we're going to go to John in a few minutes, but Luke chapter 22, and let's look at verse number 19, Luke 22 and 19 says, and he took bread and gave thanks, and break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. This do in remembrance of me. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And let's look at verse number 26 this morning. John 14 and 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Praise God. I remember a scripture in Acts 10, we won't go there this morning, but Cornelius was being approached by an angel of the Lord and he said, your prayers have ascended before me as a memorial. Praise God. One other scripture, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. 
before I read my text this morning. Luke 17. Hallelujah. Luke 17, verse 32 says simply three words. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. This message is not one that is new to me, but I believe this is what God would have us hear this morning. And so today I preach from this subject. Memorials or mausoleums. What will your life be? Here as we are witnessed by those that are living and those that have gone on as well. Memorials or mausoleums. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray today. Oh God, that you would use me right now. Hallelujah. Let the word be quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword as it goes forth from these lips. Oh God, let the power of the Holy Ghost speak to us. Oh God, Jesus, let your anointing be what breaks this yoke in this place today, God. And thank you, Lord, for the great worship. And thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel here already. And I pray, oh God, that you would let me deliver, oh Jesus, your word that you have given so explicitly to me. In the name of the Lord, God, we ask it. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you today. I can almost hear the staccato rhythm of a German MG-08 machine gun as I crossed the Tennessee River in Perryville, Tennessee on a foggy morning a couple of years back. I imagine that those deadly guns that were nested all along both sides of the riverbank had their operators tucked away neatly out of the line of sight steadily mowing away at the line of our faltering American troops as they attempted to advance on the opposite side. I could hear the cries of the pinned down and the wounded searching desperately for a respite from the deadly torrent of lead from those guns. As I crossed the bridge that morning, I was there suddenly World War I in the Argonne Forest on October the 8th, 1918. What had prompted this trip to the recesses of my scholastic memory? Very simply, a man's name. Inscribed at either end of the Tennessee Bridge that I was crossing was the source of my historic daydream. For the deeds that were committed by this simple soldier on that October day in France certainly caused his name to forevermore be remembered in the annals of war history and has since caused many a Tennessean to swell his chest out with pride and say, I know who that is. I crossed that bridge. How many have ever crossed that bridge? You know the name of that bridge? Alvin C. York Memorial Bridge. 
On the fall day in 1918, Corporal York and 17 of his countrymen had stumbled behind enemy lines and almost succumbed to those deadly German guns when York single-handedly began exchanging fire with the enemy forces using any and all means necessary. When the smoke cleared, there were nine American fighters that were out of commission. But because of Corporal York's bravery, 20 German soldiers were dead and 32 machine guns with 132 German infantrymen were captured. Sergeant York soon became one of the most decorated soldiers in history and his exploits were told far and wide. He came back home and lived out his days. He was a true American war hero. In 1930, the predecessor to the bridge that I crossed that morning and many times since was commissioned under his name. And it is what I would consider a memorial indeed. And you know, we have a lot of instances in our lives and and maybe you don't sit down and write an essay every time that you think of one. But I wonder how many times we come into a place where there is something that reminds us or was built to remind us of the person who sacrificed or gave so much that we might be able to be free to live in a means of success and and development that we live in now. We take so much of that for granted, but I think as we are trained properly in our youth, when we come back across these instances, these memories begin to trip up and and kick. Oh yeah, I remember what what this was. I remember the the teaching that I had. I remember about this fella and how he gave all that I might be where I am today. I'm thankful for those memorials in my life. And I'm thankful for those memorials in the spiritual sense as well. Jesus said in Luke chapter 22 when he broke the bread, he said, this is my body and I want you to do this communion time. When you think of me, I want you to think of me as being the bread broken for you. When when you drink that Take that cup, when you drink that wine, I want you to remember that this is the sacrifice that I made for you, my blood that was shed for you. And I want you to remember what I have done for you. Praise God. John chapter 14, we read it. He said, I want you to know that I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a comforter and it's going to do something for you. It's going to bring all of this stuff that I've taught you out here in the wilderness and all of this stuff when I was out in the Sea of Galilee and I had to step out on a ship because all of you folks were crowding up around me. He said all of this stuff, the comforter is going to bring it to your what? To your remembrance. He said the Holy Ghost is going to quicken some things in you and you are going to be able to remember the things that I have told you. Cornelius was a devout man and an honest man. He was an upright man. He didn't even have the Holy Ghost yet and he was living for God the best of his ability. 
And he was praying for inspiration. And the angel came to him and said, listen, I want you to know something. What you are doing is being noticed. What you are doing is causing God pause. And he is fixing to bring you into another dispensation. You are going to be used to usher in a part of the church that I enjoy today. And I believe if we could have a memorial today for Cornelius, that'd be all right. Because I'm thankful for the message that Peter preached. I'm thankful for an encounter that he had on a rooftop where Jesus said, listen, boy, what I've called clean, you can't call unclean anymore. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons was the message. And the Bible says, while he yet spake these things, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. Praise God. Every church that's in a Gentile country that enjoys eating barbecue and catfish like we do over here in Tennessee ought to have a statue of Cornelius standing there because I'm telling you, thanks to a man who desired to know more from God, we can be here today walking in the newness of life. Amen. Good old catfish. Amen. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Oh, not so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to show you, Peter. This is going to take us to a different place. But one of the most tragic things that I have seen in my years of serving the Lord, and we've all witnessed it, it's, it's this myth that somehow we must sacrifice ourselves for the greater good. And I believe it's a lie and a trick of the devil. Because there is no need for us to give the ultimate sacrifice of ourselves which would ultimately cost us our soul. God is not willing that any should perish. Sadly, there are many stories in the Word of God and in our lives as well where when we pass by the place that reminds us of the sacrifice, they're buried in the rubble of the altar or the disaster or the travesty is the remains of the person who caused it so much fame. The scripture says in Luke 17 that three-word scripture that we read before I read my text this morning, remember Lot's wife. Jesus was teaching one of his all-important lessons in Luke 17 and he was trying to impact upon us how sobering it is to understand that a legacy in our life will be left one way or another. And whether we lie at the base of what we are reminding people of is totally up to us. When I crossed that bridge that morning over there in Perival, I gotta tell you something. Alvin C. York is not buried down there on the banks of the Tennessee River. He's buried somewhere, but he's not remembered for his grave. He's remembered for what he did before he ever got there. And saints of God, there is something to be said about those who are willing and able to fight and do whatever it takes to make sure that the legacy that they leave is something that can bridge a gap. It's something that can 
take us to another dimension. It's something that can take us to another level, to another side of the river, to a place where we long to be but cannot get. I want my life to be a memorial like that. First Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to turn there with me this morning. First Corinthians chapter 10. Praise God, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 10, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, did eat the same spiritual meat, did drink the same spiritual drink, drank the spiritual rock, and I could, I could preach it. Five hours on this, but I'm going to slip through it easy, okay? Don't panic, okay? Praise God. That rock was Christ, and with many of them, God was not well pleased, verse 5 says, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things, verse 6 says, were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 7 says, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 8 says, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day, 23,000. Verse 9 says, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed as serpents. Neither murmured ye, as some of them murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things, verse 11, happened unto them for in samples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. You see, I, I'm telling you, saints of God, Paul was preaching to us today. He was speaking to this heritage Sunday service right here, this anniversary service right here at the sanctuary in Hornwall. He was preaching that far ahead, and he said, listen, these examples that I'm giving you, church, Jews, Corinth, I'm going to take you a walk through some tombs, some mausoleums that you need to remember. It's important that you understand what happened here and make certain that you don't do the same. Verse 7 mentions idolatry. Of course, that's Exodus 32, that golden calf. The Bible says that the people... Uh, talked Aaron into doing some of this silliness and and uh, cause Moses was gone for a little while up on the mountain looking for the will of God and trying to get an inspiration and and trying to come back down the mountain with a doctrine and and uh, in their impatience they had Aaron go and form this uh, God something temporal that they could see because they had lost their faith because it was uh, so very hard for them at the time to walk by uh, faith and not sight and so out of the fire and the, uh, the uh, craftsman's hands came this golden calf. 3,000 people, Exodus 32, look it up. 3,000 people lie in the rubble of the judgment of God because of a golden calf and the idolatry. Verse 8 mentions there, the, 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 uh, the, the judgment of God and in Numbers 25, we read about the judgment in 1 Corinthians 10 and 8. Numbers 25, it was Baal worship and there was mighty men of God that were used mightily to take care of some Baal worship and his people. 23,000 people lie at the bottom of that memorial. 
don't do like this. Verse 9 mentions what happens when you decide that God's provision is not enough. In Numbers 29, you know the scripture, the people begin to murmur and say, we don't like this light bread. This manna is not good enough for us. And you're going to have to get us back to what we were enjoying when we were still in sin in Egypt. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it was. And so God was just ready to wipe them all out, but he sent some fiery serpents and the Bible says that the amazing thing is that as soon as the serpent showed up, the people began to cry back again to the God. And if you ever wanted to see how amazing and how much love God has for us, did you know that the God of the fiery serpents and the light bread is the same God of the brass serpent that provided their salvation and that serpent that was lifted up before the people is not unlike the Jesus that you know today that was lifted up for all of our sins, all of our iniquities, all of our illnesses, all of our diseases. Man. Many died, the scripture says. Many died at the foot of that memorial. Many people lost their lives because they had become impatient with a God who was providing for them daily, daily, daily. You know, I'm going to take a little rabbit trail here for a minute. Us as Americans, I, I don't have a lot of time. I'm kind of a red-blooded, patriotic American. And I, I like to focus on the scriptures that says if you don't work, you don't eat. And I like to focus on things that says, you know, he that provides not for his family is worse than an infidel. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of stuff I like to focus on. And I don't like it when people are taking advantage of a, of a social system or a particular uh, a governmental program. And, and I won't get any more detailed than that, but we all know people in our lives that are of such, don't we? And sometimes I stand aside and I thump my chest and then I look in the Word of God and I see how the Lord was so gracious and kind and merciful to let the Israelites yawn and stretch and walk out of their door every morning and pick up what they needed. And I don't know if they worked hard or not. It might have been just work, just surviving in those days. I don't know. But if there was ever a God who can make something as selfish as socialism work, then surely we serve a God today who can make anything that we need come to pass. And sometimes we don't look in our life deep enough to realize that all we do spiritually is yawn and stretch and come to service on Sunday morning and sit here and receive what we need from God and then we need to realize how destitute we are spiritually and how important it is for us to understand that God has everything that we need. Where would I be without him? Where would I be without him? Where would I be without these that have gone before me and paved the way and have studied a little while and know what they need to teach because God's told them and then they get up here and they show me that light bread. Praise God. Whew. Forgive me. I'll get back on track. Verse number 10 of 1 Corinthians 10 then mentions the destroyer. Number 16 talks about this and this is in the midst of of a terrible incident where Korah decided that he could be a priest 
uh, out of the order of Levi, which is where God wanted the men of God and the priests to come from. And so he set himself up. And the Bible says that he and the rebellious faction that followed him took brass censers and they began to offer incense before the Lord. And you know the story of Korah. The Bible says in number 16, and take the time to read it if you hadn't read it recently, the Bible says that the earth opened up and swallowed them up and their houses and their possessions and everything that they had. And then the Bible says that there was some fire that fell and it utterly engulfed those that were taking charge of that worship that was not of God, that it was not ordained, that was not what God had in mind, that was not his process. And while the fire still burned, the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, let it settle down and go out there and get those censers. And I want you to beat them into plates. If you had not read this lately, look it up. Number 16, read this. He said, I want you to take those censers, Brother Droke, and beat them into plates, brass plates, and I want you to make them a part of the altar of incense so that every time you come in this tabernacle, you remember that I have a proper order and I have a way of things and I have a certain area and I have a certain time and I have a certain people and there is a way that I would do things and when you see these remains of these censers beaten into plates on the altar of incense you remember me and you remember my ways the next day the people of God came and said you have destroyed God's people And they would have caused an uprising. And God said, step out of the way, Moses. I'm fixing to send the same angel who came sweeping through looking for blood on the doorpost in Egypt one night. The destroyer. That's the angel of destruction. Moses pled for mercy on the people's behalf and God spared so many. But in the wake of that angel being loosed, 14,700 people died because they in their self-righteousness said Korah was justified in what he did. 1 Corinthians 10 says don't murmur. Because at the base of the altar that I'm telling you about, at the base of the memorial that I'm telling you about, 14,700 people lie there. We've heard the story in Joshua 7 about Achan. Achan 7, 31 and 32, Joshua said, Why? Why have you done it? Why have you done it? The Lord's going to do it to you now. And Achan and his family, all that he owned. And the Bible says that they heaped a pile of stones up and it's there to this day. The scripture reminds us of these stories. 1 Corinthians 10 said, you, you that the ends of the world are come on, I want you to remember this and don't do this. Jesus was teaching. He said, remember Lot's wife. This is how not to do this. This is how I don't want you to be. Don't spend your life and give it at the end and waste. What 
does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world? See, we always think of something temporal. But what would it profit a pastor if he would win Hornwald and see himself go the way of a sinful lifestyle at the end? Do you think God would be pleased if we cannot endure to the end ourselves? Oh, saints of God, the old song says it, and I've cried and prayed around the altar to it so many times that you probably have too. Above all else, I must be saved. And there is no cause for us to see a sacrifice of our own soul because someone else would be the greater good. That is a lie and a trick of the devil. If God's got grace for them, then God's got grace and mercy and love and healing and Holy Ghost for you too. Memorials, bridges, fences, landmarks, not mausoleums. No more tombs in the United Pentecostal Church. I'm tired of looking to some folks that have gone before me and say, this is what I don't want to do, and there they lay. Here they are. There they go. What could they have been? What might they have been? Where could I be if I stay away? At no point should we be so fooled by Satan as to sacrifice our and another's soul for the sake of the greater good. These mausoleums are memorials of a sort, but like the legacy of Lot's wife or Achan and Korah and their households, their tombs as well. One has already died his spiritual death for me and his name is Jesus. And it's now his will that regardless of what happens to my vapor-like flesh, our souls will leave behind a memorial without being entombed. There's no scenario in which God would sacrifice the soul of one warrior for the sake of another. Jesus has made that simply not necessary. What could a man give in exchange for such a prize? And what would it profit a man if he would win the world and do it in a mausoleum? I cannot bear, and I prepare to close this morning. I cannot bear to pass along another pillar of salt. Another heap of stones like Haken. Demonstrating a sacrifice that need not be made and paying a price that Jesus has already paid. But rather, I want to be a part of a generation of bridges. Hallelujah. Fences, landmarks, monuments that show the way, making it more plain and setting an example for the world and the church to see without the added cost of adding their own souls. Praise God. Jesus is not willing that any should perish, and that includes me too. I'll never forget the first time I preached this message. I'd taken a picture the night before we were in service, and I'd taken a picture of some dear ladies. They, they were sitting in the back. Maybe their arthritis had been bothering them. I, I don't know. 
Maybe, who knows what they had gone through that day. But these dear ladies, these saints of God, that place was rocking, Brother Hensley. It was juking and jiving. The Lord was moving, man. We was up singing, shouting, and dance about like we do. These ladies, they couldn't do that anymore. But I was so struck by the fact that there was still worship there in their hearts. I had to turn to the side and take my camera and I snapped a picture of these two ladies and I still have it somewhere. They were sitting there. One of them had tears running down her face and she had her little hands raised up to the Lord. The other one had her arm on her and they were praying together and she was crying too. Maybe they were speaking in tongues as the Holy Ghost came. I don't, I don't know what the song was playing that, that, that night. I don't remember. It might not have been their favorite course, but it was the same spirit that they had felt maybe when they were at an altar of repentance and the infilling of the Spirit some 40, 50, 60, maybe 70 years ago. They recognized that spirit. It still quickened those old bones and it made those old sore spots just a little less sore that night. And what energy they had left after whatever they'd been through that day, they used it to give God praise and glory. Hallelujah. I want my life to be a bridge like that. Amen. When I get old and gray, I want to still be able to come to the house of God and show some of these young whippersnappers how to do it. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting old. I'm fixing to show you how to do it. <laughs> Praise God. I don't think there's anything wrong in making sure that somebody else understands a little bit easier how to get. Hey, listen, if I can pave the road and make it a little easier, I think that's what God would want me to do. We cannot afford to lose our soul doing it, but we must somehow leave a legacy that others can come behind and know the right way, the paths of righteousness. The scripture that I referenced. Let's stand all over this place. God bless you today. Thank you for preaching with me. The scripture that I mentioned at the start of this message in Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, the writer said, let us lay aside every weight. And that sin that so easily besets us and run with patience the race that's set before us. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher. I know him as the author. One day I'll know him as the finisher. And I want to be able to make it all the way. I don't want to perish under my memorial. And someone walk along with sadness and say, that's, that's where Justin is. Now don't do that. Always remember that. How, how many of you want to dwell in Hebrews 12 and, and not 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Oh, 
How many of you want to be a bridge? Hallelujah. How many of you want to be a fence? Praise God. How many of you want to be a monument? Leaving something that someone can say, thank God for their sacrifice. How many of you want to bridge the gap of praise and worship and holiness and consecration and dedication from one generation to the next? Could you lift your hands with me right now, bow your heads? Could you cry out to the Lord with me right now? God, I ask you right now, let this, let this congregation be filled with those that we would forever remember the sacrifice. But Lord, let it not come at a cost of their own. Oh, Jesus. It's not your will that any in here should perish. We stand, Lord, here in an assembly, 70-some years old and still going, still counting. These witnesses all around this room today, both here and already gone on, they have lived their lives that we might be here today. They've bridged the gap. They've stood the test of the time. They've erected fences and pillars, barriers, road markers, signposts, making the way more plain. Jesus, we're never too young to live for you. We're never too old to live for you. Help us, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't you feel the presence of the Lord right now in this place? Hallelujah. Lord, make me what you want me to be. Help me, Lord, to make the way more plain for those that come. feel this in the Holy Ghost right now, I want you to reach over and lay your hands on your neighbor right now. Do it appropriately. Do it godly, but I want you to lay your hands on your neighbor right now. I want you to pray one for another right now. I want you to encourage your brother and your sister in the Lord right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God bless brother. church be filled with those oh God that would carry on this gospel for another 70 some years <laughs> if you tarry Lord let your church be the church triumphant yes make us a part of it God make me a part of it make my neighbor a part of it God hallelujah 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 in the name of Jesus May you be a memorial today. Praise God. Lord bless you. Praise the Lord. Memorials. I was just thinking when my mother-in-law's funeral, we played a song and it was just, the title was Faces. It just talked about, told a little story really about how that worked in the field, someone labored in the field for so many years, maybe they felt like didn't do anything, but the chest of the song was turn around, look around, see the faces, see the souls, 
I thought, Sister Holland turned around today. There's people here because of you. Brother R.G. Jackson, turn around, see the faces that you affected, people here today because of you. J.H. Austin, look around. I'm here today because of J.H. Austin. I really believe that. Others, Brother J.T. Plunk, Brother Plunk, Brother Jackson, uh, Brother Droke. Look around, Brother Droke. Souls here today because of your ministry and your influence. All of these. So memorials, memorials. Great sermon. I'm gonna, you have a mic, Brother Droke. Let me give him the mic. He's going to say whatever he wants to, dismiss us and remember the meal in the fellowship hall but again let us say that we're glad to have everyone but especially we're glad to have our pastor back today yes amen. we've been praying for him. michael ayers it's good to see you today we prayed a many prayers for you you're still here praise the lord brother Droke. brother before we uh dismiss brother kyle has a, an announcement i want to just let him don't forget, next Sunday night, we're doing our Following Jesus Festival. Um, there's still sign-up sheets in the foyer out there. If you're wanting to sign up for that, go ahead and get that signed up for us so we know what to expect. Um, if you have any questions, you can see me or my wife, and we'll help you get through it, okay? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that next Sunday night, tr trunk or treat out in our, our uh, parking lot. We're going to have a great time with all these young people. Brother Justin, thank you for that message today. That was something we need to hear, and I, I believe it was absolutely sent from the Lord. And uh, I appreciate the presence of the Lord we feel in this place today. And uh, as uh, we have announced, there is a uh, dinner in the fellowship hall, uh, and we would like for everybody to stay. Everybody's invited to come. Uh, and I think what uh, I, I just, I guess I need to tell you that I, I won't be able to stay. I'm going to have to go back home. But but uh, just enjoy yourself and have a great time of fellowship there in the uh, fellowship hall. And I think what would be good is if while we're standing here, we just pray and ask the Lord to bless the food. And uh, then when you go back there, uh, the only thing I would ask is that we let our visitors up towards the front at least. Uh, and elders, yes, thank you. Uh, our elders need to be up towards the front. So let's remember that. Let's just bow our heads today. Lord, we are thankful for what we've heard today. We're thankful, Lord, for what we felt in our hearts. It's not just, Lord, the Word of God, what it does in our, our minds, God, but it's what it does in our hearts. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're, you're doing in our hearts by your Word. And God, I pray that you would take the words that have been spoken today now and you would minister them to us throughout this week, God, as we... As we go about our, our lives, I pray, Lord, that you would, be, you would bring thoughts to our minds. You would, you would remind us, God, of things that we have heard in this service today, God. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much, God, that we should be praising you for. You've brought us a long ways, God, and we're so thankful. I pray now that your blessings would rest upon uh, each and every one that's here in this service today, I pray you'd bless the food as we gather together in the fellowship hall. God, bless that food to the nourishment of our bodies. And, oh, God, help us not to eat too much. In Jesus' name, amen.